because real estate, we think of sales as, you know, technique or, you know, the script, what's the, you know, it's mastery of a conversation. And then, and then it's just a natural conversation. So when I'm having a conversation with them, with a seller, they, they would never dream I was using a script. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along here with Luke Akery. And today, we have got a legend in the industry on this podcast. We're going to be talking about and dissecting this topic of scripts, which is something that we've never really kind of done a deep dive into. So I'm yep. super excited because uh, you're going to love who we have on the on the podcast today. But first, we would really appreciate if you take a minute and subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts. If you're not already subscribed and leave a review along with a comment to let us know how we're doing. Here is this week's featured review, Davey Dog Main. So we had Davey Dog <laughs> via Apple Podcast says, one of my top five, he rates it five stars, new in real estate. I needed to get up and running fast. This podcast has been one of the best and most encouraging that I found. Great job, guys, especially the dad jokes. Especially the dad. You so just I got That's da- why you picked that I review. I like that review. Because you just like love those review. dad jokes. Man. <laughs> now, our guest today is Kevin Ward. He is the founder of Yes Masters Real Estate Success Training, one of the fastest growing and most comprehensive training programs for agents in the world. His book, The Book of Yes, The Ultimate Real Estate Conversation Guide, is a number one international bestseller and a powerful tool for agents everywhere. Kevin has trained tens of thousands of real estate agents with his no BS approach to real estate, which have become legendary in the industry. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm honored to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting me. It's really exciting to get to be with you guys on this podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Anybody who's been listening to our podcast for a while has known from recent episodes that, because people ask all the time, like, how do you get guests? Who do you want to come on the show? Kevin, you have been someone that I've wanted to get on the show. And I actually (laughs) mentioned, I think, I can't remember what episode it is. I'll have to find it so I can put it in the show notes. I even mentioned when we were talking about like getting guests, I think for a podcast, I said, I'm trying to get Kevin Ward. (laughs) And I said, so I'm reaching out to him. I hope he hears this podcast, but um, I'm so excited to have you on this show. One of the reasons why, so the audience knows, is my brother's in real estate. And we're going to dive into the topic about scripts. Well, your scripts really helped my brother in his first year in real estate. He uses, you know, your scripts that he's found online, stuff like that. And he loves your content. I started consuming your content. So much good stuff. I would love for you, though, to take kind of just a few minutes and introduce yourself to our audience because there might be some people who haven't heard about you and would love for you to share kind of your story, what led you into real estate and then coaching and kind of bring us up to today. Absolutely. Well, I am a... West Texas country boy. I grew up on a farm, which is where I'm really comfortable. Uh, I, I was super introvert, still am, massive introvert. Doing these kind of interviews freaks me out. Uh, I love being able to help people and and, and uh, add value and change people's lives. But putting myself out like this still makes me uncomfortable. And people are like, what? You have all these videos on YouTube, but it still makes me nervous. <laughs> so I'm, I am still a country boy at heart. I grew up in a mobile home. Uh, my parents were school teachers and, um, you know, so many of the trainers out there, some of the great coaches and all this, you, you, you hear their story and about how they're just like these top performers and they're awesome. 
And I really look at my coaching. I started my coaching company in 2012, Yes Masters Real Estate Success Training. And most of my coaching is go like, okay, I did this and this well and everything else I sucked at. And so, so much of my coaching is like, this is what I didn't know. This is what I didn't do. This is what I didn't have. And a lot of that goes back to my very first day of third grade. Uh, we had just moved to a new town and uh, a town of Anson, Texas, 20, population 2,600 people. I grew up a mile and a half away from the closest paved road, just to give you a context. Mm. And first day of third grade, I was a brand new kid. And this kid walked up to me on the playground. His name was Buddy. I found out later. But I never met him before. He just said, hey, want to fight? <laughs> and I'm like, no. He said, well, I do. And I got beat up my very first day of third grade. Mm. Um, but that was not what happened on that day that was really traumatic for me. It was when I got home and my loving mom, hating that her son just got beat up, told me that I did the right thing to not fight back. She said, you just turn the other cheek and kids like Buddy will leave you alone. And so from that day forward, I was basically internalized. And in my, in my thinking, I was trained to never fight back, to never stand up for myself. So I grew up being bullied. Hmm. But more important than growing up being bullied is I grew up not being willing to stand up for myself or fight for my dreams or even believe I was worth fighting for. And when you, when you grow up with that thing, that does not end at adulthood. And it was literally uh, in less than 10 years ago. It was, it was in 2010 when it finally occurred to me one day, you can't win if you won't fight. Mm. And so my, I was 40 years of my life was spent running from any adversity, any conflict, any, uh, confrontation. And so because of that, my life was a multi, multiple, multiple time train wreck mm. of somebody who would always start out pretty good. And then when things got tough or there was conflict or confrontation or adversity, adversity, I would run away. And, uh, so a lot of mine has been learning how to overcome that and then teach what I've discovered is that most real estate agents, most people have the same type of experience that all leads to this one same dead end road. I'm not worthy. Hmm. So what changed? I mean, what kind of, you said 10 years ago, this exposure, I, I just, I always had this dream. You know, it's kind of like you always have this belief. There's, deep inside of us is all this belief that there's, we're here for something. There's something great for us. And somewhere I got this idea that I was here to do something great. And I always had big dreams, but they were always unrealistic. They were just not. And, I, and, you're, and we're kind of taught that. I was taught that, you know, like be realistic about what you expect. And, you know, that's, you don't need that. That was the number one thing I was told. We can't afford that. You don't need that. That's not realistic. You know, I wanted to play college basketball. And, you know, that was my, that was my first dream was to play college basketball. I couldn't even imagine playing professional basketball. But I can imagine playing college basketball right. because I'd gone to it. My dad had taken me when I was six years old to a college basketball game and watched the Abilene Christian University Wildcats in Texas, where I ended up going to school. Um, and I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. But when I had a bad coach, senior in high school, I gave up basketball, like just like that, gave up my dream. And so I always had these aspirations that never came true. And I would just watch people that were making their dreams come true. And I kept learning and I kept listening to people like Tony Robbins and, and Jim Rohn and 
people like that. I'm like, what's missing? Why can't I succeed? Why do I always start great? And I start winning and then it falls apart. Mm. And I think it was just that do that constant search. Like there's gotta be an answer somewhere. The reality came to me. You are the answer. You just don't believe you are the answer. You, you're not broken. You're just, you don't, you haven't understood. You don't know what you got, what you are. You just got to unleash it. And uh, once I believed that, then I had to overcome all the negative stories and everything, but it was just that journey. And it's an ongoing journey for me. I mean, I'd make no, this is part of why, I think one of the things that makes me such a great coach is that every one of the people that I get to work with knows that I'm on this journey with them. Yes, yeah. And I'm like, the one thing you will never beat me on mm. is you will never outgrow me. I love that. And every week when I come to a coaching call, whether, whether I'm training on a real estate strategy or whatever, it is I'm sharing from my own journey, from my own learning, from my own growth. So I don't, you know, what I'm teaching today, a lot of the strategy may be the same, but the, the, the way that comes out and the way you win is I'm, I'm teaching from a different place. So I'm always growing and expanding. So agents go with me on this journey. They have to grow and expand because they, their coach is modeling that. Um, and I think probably to me, that's the most powerful thing is my, if when I have a coach that's not growing, I just grow them. Now you said you've been uh, coaching for 10 years, right? You've been, well, doing- I, so I started, I started my coaching company in, in April of 2012. Okay. When, uh, when did you start real estate? When did you get into real estate? What year? 1998. Back 1998. in the 1900s. Yeah. I started in 1998. <laughs> and you said that, um, I think I read that like your third year, you had 150 transactions, right? 108. So my best year, yeah. And it was my best year ever. And it was, uh, in terms of transactions, I'll say it was my, it was my biggest year in terms of, and that was in 2000. Okay. So I started in 98 and in 2000 I did, so I did like 40, 42 deals in 1999. And then in 2000, I did 108 deals. And then I burned my life to the ground. <laughs> that actually is uh, more common than you think hearing that from it, real estate agents. It's like, it's like I told you, I said, I'm most of my life, most of my coaching is don't do what I did. And so my whole, tra- a lot of my training is built on don't do this. Come on. You can, you, you, when you get really mega successful in something, I was I was working for the number at the time century 21 was by far the number one franchise in the world back in the 1900s. And, um, I was with the number one century 21 office in the world century 21, Mike Bowman in Fort Worth, Texas. And I was in 1999, I was voted realtor of the year for the number one century 21 office in the world. Wow. And I was the number one team in two, in 2000 and 2000, and in um, the next year, by the way, my dog is barking. If you can hear that. Welcome to the podcast. Life. Yeah, welcome to the oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What's the dog's Wait, name? W- welcome to quarantine Zoom. This life. is, yeah. Our, my dog's Noki. It's actually Noki. Our, our, my daughter, our daughter's dog. Oh, She's nice. at UPenn in, in nursing school. So we're babysitting the dog while she finishes school. <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, and what were we talking about? Well, you're voted number one, right? In oh, yeah. So, so everything is going great. So you're, you're, I'm like, yes. And I'm crushing it. My business was strong, seller based, getting listings, 
for sale by owners and expireds was how I built my business because I was at, I was new in that city in Dallas Fort Worth, and but when you get really successful and and my home life I had a great a great relationship with my daughters but my marriage was not, but instead of dealing with it you just escape so. Being a real estate agent is a great way to avoid going home. <laughs> I'd pick my girls up from school. We would do something and I'd take them home and then I'd come back to work. Well, I ended up having an affair. Mm. And it's a good way to just burn everything in your life to the ground. Mm. And I did. Um, so that's what happened. So after that, I mean, I had years that I would, I had a couple other years I did over a hundred, I broke a hundred, but um, you know, in terms of, being the agent who had this massive stuff, like some of the other agents that you've interviewed, you've got people you interview that they like massive mega producers year after year after year and, uh, and so forth. I consider myself to be more of than rather than being Michael Jordan, I'm more of a Phil Jackson. Mm. I played at a high level. So at what, at what point did you realize then like during that, was it during that part of, of your success or was it later the power of scripts and then kind of this idea of, I mean, you have like a script for everything. <laughs> well, scripts are, scripts are a tool. They just are. So, you know, I mean, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just share this one of my favorite. This is my favorite gift I've ever gotten. And this was from one of my coaching members. I did their wedding and they gave me this. It's, I love Spartan. The He's holding up the a sword. Warriors. So yeah. can, can they see this? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. If they're on the podcast, they can't see it. So this is a sword. This is an actual replica of a Spartan sword. It's a tool. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. So a script is a tool. Now there's good tools and there's lousy tools. So a script is a tool. And I just was like, one, I want to create the best tool. And now here's the bad tool is a script that is BS. Mm -hmm. And the, and the sales industry is full of BS sales scripts. And I just hated them. They're like, when I started, I'm like, this is what they gave me scripts. And they go like, this is the script. And so it was like, for sale by owner script was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to throw any coaches under the bus. I have great respect for all the real estate <laughs> coaches out there. Um, so I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus on it, but you know it. I mean, anybody that does scripts, you, your gut knows when this is, this is BS. And just to give a clear when you, BS when you, test. When you tell them that you have a buyer and you don't have a buyer. <laughs> you have a buyer when you don't. That's BS. It's bait and, you know, bait and switch, bogus statistics. Yep. There's all just flat out, you know, bad sales, baloney statements, all BS. So I was like, I hated that. So I hated being, I hated feeling like I'm having to trick people to get my foot in the door. And I'm like, I, my goal was never to get my foot in the door. My goal is to win. Mm. And my goal of winning was I help a seller sell their house and get the result they want, move on with their life. I win, they win, I get paid, they get a move and everything's great, but I just hated the BS. So I'm like, there's gotta be a way. And so I just made a commitment. I am going to crack the code of being able to get yes without the BS. And that's where he came up with the idea of yes masters was becoming a master of getting yes without the BS. And it's, it was, it's so once you figure it out and just to take and look, my standard is if you lie to me now, how in the world do you, can I ever really trust you going down the road? And real estate agents get so frustrated. Like my sellers, they don't, they're always, you know, challenging me and they don't trust me. And I'm like, cause you lied to them the very first conversation you had. Mm. You told them you specialized in some BS thing that really is irrelevant. You told them that you had something you did not have. You told them just, you gave them a BS line. And I'm like, why would they ever trust you? Cause if they're like, you lied to them then 
They knew what you were doing. And I'm like, how about this? I actually help people get a better result. I actually like it. And so that's what did. And so over 10 years of selling, of me selling, and actually I sold full-time for about eight years. And then I bought a brokerage and kind of went more into the coaching, man. I love the coaching side of it. Being a broker, you know, not so much. Uh, I've tried management. I tried all that kind of stuff. (laughs) The coaching is, the coaching was for me, the real, the the path that really fulfilled my passion, but just saying, okay, now I'm going to give you the tool that is the best. So this is like, um, like a rifle that never jams. If I, a, a rifle would be a tool, right? If you're going to war and it's a more powerful tool than this one, but if it go, if then the sword, but if it jams all the time, which I think BS is jamming up your communication, hmm. then you're going to, it's, you're going to get backfires. It's going to create problems for you yeah, and so you're going to get taken out. So I'm like, I'm going to get the best tool, which is in scripts that lead people to yes without the BS, but then you've got to master how to use it. What do you mean by that? How to use it? Well, um, here's an example. I love this, man. Yeah. <laughs> this it, right this here, I'm right hole. This is a tennis racket. This is a tool. <laughs> this is what the script is. So the script is a tennis racket. Now, this is a great tennis racket. The first tennis racket I ever had was also a Wilson. This is a Wilson, but it was wood. This was back in the way back in the 1900s. And it was my mom's tennis racket from when she was in high school. It was warped. It sucked when it came to play. And the head on it was about, you know, the head on it was about a half of the size of the heads on the on tennis tracks today. So this is a better racket by far than what I used to use. But if you put me out on a tennis court right now, I suck. Mm-hmm. I can't run. I mean, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm not, but I also, I haven't played tennis in years. I literally bought the tennis racket so that I could show it on training and go like, this is a tool. Now, if I go out and play tennis right now and, and I go out and play somebody that actually knows what they're doing, they're going to beat me. Mm. And I'm not, but when that happens, I don't look at it and go like, dang it, I need a new tennis racket. It's not the tennis racket's fault, right? It's not the, the tennis racket is what I need. So people are always like, I need a new script. I need a new strategy. I need a new thing. Look, this is just a tool. The key is mastery. Mm. So how, I mean, Michael Jordan didn't become the greatest of all time as a basketball player because of his shoes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just news, you know, you know, blinding flash. The obvious for me. It's like, either. I need Aaron Jordan. I need the shoes. No, baby, it ain't the shoes. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's the training. Kobe Bryant said, he said, here's what I discovered early on. He said, when he started 11 years old, he was like, I suck. I was not a good, ba- I love, love basketball. I was not a good, uh, not good at it. But he said, I figured out that the only way I could get better was to out train everybody. Mm. And by 14, he said, one, he had a big dream. He said, I had a kill list when I was 14 years old. If you've ever watched some of his interviews, he had a kill list of all the best players in the NBA he was going to beat. Wow. But he said, I, I looked at what's, what am I weak at and what skill do I need to learn? And he said, I would spend a whole six months or a year just working on one skill. That's crazy. And I would get strong at that skill. And he said, I discovered that the most, tra- most basketball players, all the basketball players in the NBA said they, they work out off season twice a day. They work out for two to three hours twice a day. So they'll work out four to six hours a day. And he said, I discovered if I were worked out three times a day, I would get better nearly twice as fast. He said, if I had to work out four times a day. And so I started my day at 4 a.m. And I got up and I had my first training before most of the other players were out. He said, after five years of that, you can't catch me. Wow. Yeah, what a golden nugget that is. Yeah. 
and the discipline so we train that, it that. Takes. Uh, Here's what I guess I would ask you is like when you're looking at scripture salespeople, like what's your recommendation on training? Like um, how often should a sales, like what does that look like? Apply. It's easy to think about it almost through the lens of basketball, but what about like this? Is it role playing? Like yeah. what should I role play in the mirror 30 minutes a day? Like what does that look like? What do you teach? Yeah, great. Yeah, really great question. So first, you want to get the best tool. Okay, this is the book of yes. By the way, this is the old version. This is this is now three, four years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be coming out. We've already come out with the new book of yes, 2020 Vortex edition, which will be updated for 2021. Just because the world has changed. Love that. What's what worked for me with expireds? I made a, I made millions of dollars with expireds. I made millions of dollars prospecting for sale by owners. But the scripts that I used, we've evolved them because back then, we, no, you didn't text anybody back in 2000. You know, not to get an appointment. So we've changed a lot of things because of how, what it takes to engage with people. But first, you got to start with getting one, you want a good tool. Um, then second is just the training. So first, here's the biggest switch has to be mindset. So I, I use just the, the framework of GoPro. Pros train based on their commitment to becoming the best. Amateurs train when they feel like it. No. <laughs> Okay, so we when I with my training, I say I, don't, I train pros only. If you want to be an amateur, amateurs, and I'll, here's where I learned it. Week one of real estate, Mike Bowman, Century Twenty One. They had role play every day. Dan Galt was my trainer, and every day we come in for role play. This was the number one Century Twenty One office in the world, 120 agents, which back then was a massively big office. Yeah, this was back before the mega office world of the mega office that uh, Keller Williams kind of brought in, <laughs> where all of a sudden you had all these mega offices, and um, I would come in role play. 8 a.m. every morning. And out of 120 agents, guess how many would show up on an average morning? 12. One? <laughs> oh my gosh. I was saying at least me. 10%. Come on. I can't tell you how many days I was the only one. There was one other gal, Elvira Rose, that came in about the little after. I, she came a little before, a little after me. She would show up most of the time and we would role play. And Dan Gault, would he'd show up a little bit later. And so a lot of days it was just me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to role play by myself. I didn't know to role play with other people. We didn't have social media to connect, all that stuff did not have. And so what I discovered was, again, going back to what I, when I talk about people like Kobe Bryant, or it doesn't matter, Serena Williams or Michael Phelps or any of the great performers. And it's also in music, theater, all that, those who out train always win. So to answer your question about how do you train first is the commitment to go pro. Pros look at training not as a burden or as an extra credit. Training is the real work. Mm. See, nobody gets paid in professional sports um, to show up for games. Yeah, the real right. work is they show up for training. They train six. An Olympic athlete will train six to eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah. what a great point for years, and their performance is, you know. I look at a track, a hundred meter dash. You're seconds. training yeah. hours and hours a day for a 10 second sprint. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, see, so you want to go out and audition for a $10,000 paycheck, i.e. a listing presentation, a sales presentation, and you don't practice. So you ask the average agent and I do this all the time, or I've done this for years. How off, how much time does the average real estate agent spend a week training? actually practicing the conversation of what to say and how to say it. What did you think? 
30 minutes? 30 minutes a week. A week? Yeah, probably not, but maybe. <laughs> if, I, would, I would love that. But here's here. So my top agents train one to two hours a day on scripts. Really? One to two hours a day. Now, um, that's my top agents. My average agent, no, they don't, they're not going to do that. Why? Because they're amateurs. I, tr- I teach them to go pro, but there's a few that, and, and the ones to do, you, it shows up, shows up in the fruit on the street. So anyway, uh, at least one role play session a day with another agent or somebody else, 30 minutes minimum, and then okay. 30 minutes of actually chanting, reading out loud, memorizing, chanting scripts, presenting. So it's not just like, reciting it, it's actually practicing being conversational so that the script becomes you. Mm. Uh, one of my mentors, a guy named Bo Eason, who was a uh, retired NFL player, but he's also was an actor and uh, wrote and performed a one-man play on Broadway for uh, years. And his mentor was Al Pacino, hmm. who is considered to be one of the greatest stage actors of, the gener- of this generation. And he said, the script is the enemy. Hmm. And what? that's what they say in Hollywood. Yeah. Like the script is the enemy. What does that mean? It means, doesn't mean they don't like scripts or use scripts. It means as long as it sounds like a script, it messes you up. It is going to be the enemy of a great performance. So the script has to become such a part of you that you, it just comes out of you naturally. So you don't even have to think about it. So we talk about first you memorize it, then you internalize it and you get it into your molecules. And then you're able to present it in a way that comes out as totally natural. Now, people go like, yeah, but I, that's not me. That's not the way I talk or that's not right. And that's why you suck. <laughs> no, no offense. <laughs> but it's like a tennis racket. You just give a kid a tennis racket or a baseball bat or a golf club. I love golf clubs. You give them a golf club and you take them out. The first time they swing, they're lucky to even hit the ball. They don't go I'm like, still this, lucky ball, if this I hit golf the ball. club is just not me. <laughs> no, it is you. <laughs> It's just that right now it's not a part of you. And so it's not that they're like, well, I have to, scripts don't work for me. Right. Well, golf club doesn't work for anybody either. First time you swing it. And most of us, it never works for us, right? It just takes us and drives us crazy. But for those who master it, it is insanely powerful. You watch somebody like my wife, who was a concert pianist uh, when she was young, you know, she sits on a piano 20 years after ever really training at it all. It just, her fingers are like magic. Mm. It's like effortless. Well, like that piano was not her, that, that musical score. She didn't write that, but when you master it, it sounds like magic and it looks effortless. Same with the figure skater, anybody that for whom performance is the key to being great at something Training is this is the key, but I just use those images because real estate we think of sales as you know tech technique or you know the script. What's the no? It's mastery of a conversation, and then and then it's just a natural conversation. So when I'm having a conversation with them with a seller, they they would never dream I was using a script, right? Because you know it's so well. And if they say that sounds, I've heard that script before. It's like that's feedback. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's great. no. I'm glad you answered that because that was going to be my question: is what do you say to people who don't believe in scripts, or don't like to use scripts? But it's more, more from the standpoint of how they're using it. it. What happens? Do do you ever get? I hate to say bored. Like, do you ever get tired of scripts? Do scripts ever stop working due to script fatigue? Like, 
do they, is there a point like when a script, I know you said you're updating your book, so there's gotta be a reason that you're updating. Yeah. Well, part and part of it is demand. Part of it are like, well, what about this objection? I'm like, you know what? I never really dealt with that. Part of it is like, well, what about uh, probate? Well, I'm okay. Let me add a script for probate. There's objections that are a little bit different than they used to be because of technology and all that. So we've added like dozens of objection handlers. I'm always looking for a better way to say something. So we've tweaked, you know, I was taught, for example, in the listing presentation, I was taught not to let them give you a tour of the house. Like you don't ever want them to give you a tour of the house. Why? That when you go on a listing presentation, because if, and here's the reason it's, and it's a logical reason. If you do, they're going to convince you of how great their house is and you're going to buy into that and you're going to overprice it. Got it. Hmm. I'm like, okay, that is true. If you're an amateur, <laughs> I love this. But see, I don't determine the price of the house based on the owner's sales pitch. Yeah, based on the emotion. Because that's not what determines the value of a house. It is the market, the yeah. comparative market analysis, and my knowledge of the market. So when you're a pro, you go in. You already know what the house is worth. Mm-hmm. You know what you're, you know exactly what it's going to be priced at. Now your job is to lead them to understand why that is the right price. So the skill of like a listing presentation, skill is not getting a listing. The skill is leading a seller to make the right decision. That's the skill that most people don't understand. Most agents don't ever get to. They're like, well, I got, I know I've got, I, I, I can get a listing, but then they never sell. Well, it's easy to get somebody to list with you. It's hard to get somebody to actually do the right stuff that will help their house sell faster and for more money which that's is great. price it right and do exactly what I say. So that's where the, that's where having that skill comes. Now, does that ever get old? No, because we're always like, okay, what's the next move? What's the next thing? I'll go back to Kobe Bryant. My basketball passion just comes out. But Kobe Bryant, one of the things he said, and he was talking to uh, the assistant coach for the LA Clippers. Why I know this because I worked with, I was in a mastermind uh, with this guy, Kevin, I can't remember his last name right now. It was worked with Doc Rivers. Um, that helped the Celtics win their NBA championships, came to the Clippers, never did work out. But anyway, he was interviewing, talking to Kobe Bryant, and he asked Kobe about what he did to get better every year. And he says, every year I find at least one move, one new move that I am going to learn and master and implement into my game that year. He did that for his entire career. And when uh, Kevin, what is the guy's last name? Is is it Kevin McHale by any chance? No, I went yeah. Kevin McHale, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure it's Kevin, but it, that's what I want to say. But anyway, whoever it was, he said, he said, so tell me about the move this year. And so he said, I actually got it watching the, the McDonald's in, uh, high school all-star game that McDonald's oh, sponsors every yeah. year used to. Yeah. And he said, I actually learned it from a high school kid. That's awesome. And he did this thing, this, and it was a different kind of crossover dribble, and it was like, with a and then a spin and all that. And he's he's like, so show me. So he did it. And he said, So when you watch that, how did you do it? And he said, Well, I got up from my chair in the room and I got a chair and I started practicing that move as I'm watching the game. I'm practicing that move in my living room. And he said, How many times did you do that? He said, I don't know. I, I, he just said I did over and over and over again. Then the next day I got to the gym and I got one of the other players and I worked on that move with him. And he said, How long did you practice it? He said, Until I got it. Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. 
American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. So just that way of doing it is like, does it ever get old? Does it ever, does it, do you think shooting free throws in practice ever gets old for Steph Curry? <laughs> of course, <laughs> right? But he no, has a vision of, of NBA finals and he, he's going to make the shot. Yeah, Love right. That. That's how the greats think is that all I care about is when the game is on, I'm going to win. The shot's going to go in. So does it ever get the repetition, get boring? Of course, but you can do things to spice it up. You can gamify it. The key is you got to know why you're doing what you're doing and what is the outcome that I'm looking for. That's great. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, because as I've read some of your scripts and talked to people about them, because we do here, we have a lot of real estate clients um, as a company and we hear your name come up often. And what people tend to talk about is they love the questions like your scripts tend to have very good questions to ask to get the prospect talking and feeling comfortable. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about the power of questions and your thought yeah. process there within scripts? Yeah. So the questions is here's, you know, there, there's the strategy of converse, of leading in a conversation. So I look at, to give a background to this or a, a framework, I, I tell agents, there's only one reason to go on a listing presentation. One reason. And that is to lead a motivated seller to a decision. Now, when I ask the question, like, so why do you go on a listing presentation? What is the number one goal when you go on a listing presentation? And every agent goes like, to get a listing. I'm like, <laughs> wrong. If it's, it's true, but it's wrong. And here's the reason it's the wrong goal. Because you walk into the room and you're not, into their living room, to their home, and your number one goal is to get something from them. Mm. Now, if I walk into a room with you and I sit down and my number one goal is to get something from you for my benefit, how's that feel? Yeah, I'm going to feel that right away. You Uh, feel it, right? 100%. So I'm like, your job is not to go get something. Your job is to deliver a service. Your job is to help them get what they want. It's about them. It's not about you. So when I walk into a house, I'm not there to get a listing. I'm there to lead them to a decision that is in their best interest. Now, because if you're a pro, you train to be the best, then there's no other agent they should hire because you're going to give them the best results, which is on the back end of this whole thing. And that is once I get the listing is when the work begins because they hired you to get them the best results, right? So when I walk in though, my first motivation is about them, not about me. So the questions then are helping them do a couple of things. One, come to reality and, and, and get clarity on what they want and help me get clarity on what they want. And it also communicates to them that I'm interested in them, not me. So one of the dynamic differences between, for example, my listing presentation, the Yes Masters listing presentation and a traditional listing presentation is it isn't, we never talk about me. Mm. You don't ever talk about, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my track record. Here's how awesome I am. Look at me that, you know, bringing in some PowerPoint that your company and here's our company stats and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you want to, give them a good nap, do that. <laughs> but they don't care. They, they are not interested in that. It was like, if I go to a, if, if, you know, if, if I take my car 
and I, and I grew up driving old beat up cars and I don't drive a beat up car anymore. But if, back then, if my car was not working right, I take it into the mechanic and I'm going like, Hey, my car's making this noise. Can you fix that? He doesn't go like, come here. <laughs> Let me show you my toolbox. Let me show you what I could. Yeah, right. I got the best tools on the planet. State of the art, man. This is my marketing plan. Nobody, nobody gives a crap about your marketing plan. Hmm. They don't care about that. I just want to move. Can you help me move? 100%. You care about helping me move. Do you know how to do it? So you don't walk into a dentist and, and say, you know, I, my teeth is, my tooth's hurting. Can you fix it? He goes like, come here, let me show you my tools. They don't, they don't let me show you my diploma. Right. See, mm-hmm. only in real estate, the real estate agents think they have to go in and convince somebody how good they are. Well, now, the it, reason that no, we're sorry, trained that is because real estate agents suck as an industry. Yeah. The bar, you know, I talk about how low the bar is. And I'm like, the problem is there is, we, there is no bar. They lost it years ago. We can't even find the bar huh. to be a real estate agent. There's no bar. You don't have to be competent. You don't have to be good. So then walk through, because the natural thought, right, is that, and I think a reason why people do it is they fear the next agent coming next or after them, right? It's like, I go in and present the listing and I'm confident I'm going to get it. And then I fear Josh is coming after me. stand out from the competition. So how do you train on that? Well, so one is, this was happened to me. So I'm Century 21 as a new agent. We get a 21-step marketing plan. Yes, I have a 21 step marketing plan. Here it is. And I go out there and then all of a sudden I get beat by an agent from Remax that had a 30 step marketing mm-hmm. plan. It's like crap. So now I came up with a 50 step marketing plan. And then I got somebody else came out on had a 99 step marketing plan. I'm like, dang it. I'm going to come up with a hundred step marketing plan. So all of a sudden we're competing on steps on a marketing plan that again, I finally realized, okay, one, when as you're, if you're competing on your plan, on your marketing plan, you are a warehouse, you are a doormat in a warehouse full of doormats. And you're trying to convince people my doormat is better than everybody else's doormat. Mm. And they're looking at you and going like, I just, you're all doormats to me. Mm. I just got to pick one. And so that's whenever you're not competing as a commodity. They don't care about that. They care about, do I feel confident that you're the best agent to get me the best result? That's the only question a seller has. One question, that's it. Are you the best agent to get me the best result? Now, to them, the best result is getting a house sold and getting the most money in my pocket. If they don't see an agent as having value, then they're looking at cheap, right? All agents are the same, so I'm just looking for the cheapest one, right? If they understand there's a difference in quality, because I mean, you, you look at a car, there's a, there's a car that you can get for $50,000 that looks a whole lot like a Bentley. But there's a reason that there, you know, one's a fifty thousand dollar car, the other's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car. Mm. They like they look the same, right? But it's the differences that make one a fifty thousand dollar car and a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car. And those differences are subtle, but they are profound when you want to drive one. I think you're touching on a really, really key point, which is people buy based upon their trust level and the way you make them feel way more than they buy based upon the feature set. Almost no one really buys on the feature set. Uh, They really buy on the feeling in a way that they have that trust, especially in the real estate industry. It's like, do I I trust that Kevin's going to get the job done, that Kevin can get me that result? And that trust doesn't come out of 
spouting stats and statistics and what you have. It comes out of your relationship and rapport building ability. It's like your ability to connect to that person. But I think you can strategically add stats, don't you think? Like I've, in my, as I've thought, looked at sales, like one of the best ways to showcase your accolades and your credentials, maybe your marketing plans, is by sharing stories of what other clients have happened to them or what what they have gone through because it's there's an emotional aspect to that, but at the same time, it's subconsciously building that trust. For sure. So there's, I, I train what we call the six gravitons. Okay. So a graviton is what attracts people to you. What is the gravital, it gives you gravitational force. So the, real, the framework that I teach as a real estate uh, for business model is called the real estate vortex. How do you build a business? Not just how do you sell houses? How do you get clients? But how do you actually build a business? How do you build a framework that draws people into you and makes people literally line up to work with you? Okay, so I'll, I'm going to give you just a, a story, an example, and then I'll explain how that works. So um, Russ and Aaron Downs, the Downs Group in Jersey City. So they, I started training them when she was a rookie and she was a beast, man. She went out, she prospected every day. I mean, three hours a day, every day, religiously made 250000 her first year. And every single year, their business has grown dramatically. Now, they're making about, they, they make probably most, a lot of, most months they make about 100000 a month. And then with coronavirus, they had a lot of stuff happening in their own personal life. And mm-hmm. just, I'm not going to go into their story, but it was dramatic. And at one point, I'm having, I was having a one-on-one coaching call with her. And she said, I'm going to be real honest with you. I have not prospected a single time. I've not made a single prospecting call in over four months. Wow. Now, it, it surprised me a little bit that she hadn't prospected at all. But I knew with this chaos they had going on in their personal life and all of that, that it, that was not surprising. She hadn't been prospecting much. But the amazing thing was, is that she said, and we've had taken more listings in the last 90 days than we've ever taken in our career. <laughs> and I what? said, this is what I promise you, that when you build this, people will literally line up to give you business. So instead of you chasing business, you get to a point where business chases you. Now, mm. How do we take, how do we do that? So there's six gravitons. Number one is the attractive character. You have to be, and I learned this from Russell Brunston, the marketing genius uh, founded ClickFunnels. Yep. And he said, one is the attractive character. And that is that you got to be the person that when you, when people see you, get to meet you, they, sh- they are attracted to you. Video is one of the most powerful ways to do that because nobody, nobody meets me in person before they hire me. Almost never. Does anybody ever meet me in person before they hire me as their coach? They watch me on video. But video lets you be them get to know you. So the, the number one is being the attractive care. How do you show up? You know, we were talking before we started recording. Why I wear a suit every day. I work from home. I'm never, I'm, I'm only on coaching calls, videos, but I wear a suit every day. Why? Because when I show up, I show up different. And not judging you guys. I'm much more comfortable. <laughs> I feel very judged right now. Jeez. No, t-shirt you guys on. need to go upgrade that wardrobe. But one is when you show up, how do you show up? But it's not just about the way you look, although that's first impressions, right? First impressions, the first time people see you and the first words out of your mouth. Those two, it's actually two chances to make a first impression. The first time they see you and the first words out of your mouth. What you say, how you speak. So it's your presence, your confidence. We talk, I, I train, I'm not going to go into all this, but we, I train what we call the four superpowers. 
of how, which makes creates the attractive character. It's how you show up that makes people go like, that's the one, I, that's the agent I need to talk to. That's the agent I need to work with. So number one is the attractive character. Number two is an audacious promise. What are you going to do different? Why would I hire you? What's different about you? And so we train guaranteed how to do a guarantee that nobody else will do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've literally got agents that will do, I will sell your home for, I will sell your home for list price guaranteed or I'll pay the difference. Wow. I will sell your home in 10 days guaranteed, or I'll do it for free and I'll sell it for full market value. I've got one agent that says, I will sell your home for a record price in your market. That's their promise. That's their guarantee. Wow. Now that's the, yeah, that's exactly, that's the point. They go, wow. Now we're not talking BS because if it's BS, then it's BS. So people go, well, how do you do that? Cause you're skilled. Now, this is where when you go pro, you actually learn how to deliver. So I train, how do you deliver a better result? How do you sell a house faster and for more money? It's a process. It is a 10-day, we have a 10-day selling system. Now I've got agents to do it in three days, seven days, 10 days, 45 days, whatever they their confidence level, however good they are. But we train it as a 10-day selling system of you do this and you will sell virtually every listing in 10 days or less, and it will work when the market turns. Hmm. Now so that's a whole no, different I want to I want to have a whole podcast on that. We're going to have to have you back, Kevin. That's it. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole conversation. So um, some of that's that's the secret sauce. So I may wow. not share all that. On the, that's behind the paywall. <laughs> but it's but that's why I'm, I've got agents that are just they're killing it. And I mean, I've literally got I've got dozens of agents who have been with me for their entire career, have made millions and millions of dollars, and have never in their entire career had a listing not sell. Wow. I train one hundred percent of your listings sell. So what is that? That's an audacious promise. Yep. Guarantee results. So that's, and then just the third graviton, there's six, but I'm just going to share with you the top, the first Mm -hmm. three. And then the third is actual success stories, video testimonials, reviews, and all that are so critical because nobody can create credibility for you more than somebody else who is in the shoes of your target audience, which is the seller. So when I have another expired that I convinced them to hire me and I sold their house, got them a great result and they're raving fans now. And they talk about that on video or even a a written testimonial. A seller will believe them. They don't believe me when I talk about how great I am, but they will believe them. So you guys know the power of a testimonial is insane and video Mm -hmm. is more compelling because you can't fake it. So those are three. So those are the, all of that comes together. So it's, it's a, you know, it's a, we call it the MMA approach to real estate, which is a mixed method approach. You just have all these different dimensions, a multidimensional approach to attracting business, to winning business, so that it's not just like, well, I'm, I got to have a better script or a better marketing plan. These, these guys, yes, when they, once they master this, they never have to talk about what they're going to do to sell the house. It's like, what do I, where do I sign? They'll, they, they, Alex Kilolford, Woodland Hills, Remax at Woodland Hills, California here. It was on a call, coaching call yesterday. He said, the last eight listings I have taken, the last eight listings. Now, he, this is one of those guys, he's made millions and millions of dollars in real estate. Um, and he's never had a listing not sell. He said, the last eight listings I have taken, I have never seen the house. Wow. He says, I just, he, I don't have to. They, they line up. Yeah, he's really character, actual amazing success, actual success stories, audacious promise. And they go like, okay, you're our agent. He'll do a virtual conversation with them. A lot of times, a lot of these people already know him relationships. 
trump everything. Relationships trump scripts. But again, you have to build it with that skill so that when they will now line up. Yeah. So he doesn't chase business anymore. Business chases him. Awesome. And it's, it's, I see, I never learned that as an agent. My whole career was chasing business, chasing prospect, business, chasing prospect, business, yeah. chasing business, yeah. which is great. I love to chase. I love to hunt, but it was exhausting. Yeah. And now he, it's just, it gets easier yeah. after you're willing to put in, run the miles that he's run to build something. Yeah. Building a business of attraction. <clears throat> ultimately, that's like the ultimate goal. I love that, man. I feel like we're just getting started with you, but I gotta, I gotta ask you this question is, um, you know, Josh and I, we're really big into self-development. Uh, one of the reasons we do this podcast is really for our selfish gain <laughs> of being able to interview top people and hear their journeys and their tips. I'm curious for you, the routines that you've implemented or maybe do in your life right now that have proven to be really successful for you. Like a daily yeah, ritual? Like your, yeah, your daily routines, your, your way you kind of run your, your life. So I get up every morning, 4.30 a.m. Monday, and my, this is a Monday through Friday protocol. So I do, I believe in habit. I believe in creating a ritual because in that we call this, what happens for 8 a.m. we train is the fire zone. Okay. It's where you light the fire. So you go into the day, you are turbocharged on fire. So I get up at 4.30 a.m. Uh, I get up, I feed our pets. We have two cats and a dog. You know, I take care of my business. And then I am doing a, I do a meditation and a breathing. I do a Wim Hof method breathing um, thing. So that's my first step. And then I will do, I will journal. I do my um, daily declarations. I review my dreams and plans. I have a thing called a pocket plan that I carry with me everywhere I go. So this is, this is my pocket plan. Literally, it's like this. So this becomes, this is kind of like my vision board on the, my mobile vision board. I love and that. so this, I have a copy in my journal. I have copies posted on my wall and I have copy that I carry with me in my pocket all the time and it gets worn out and I have to replace it. It's got all my dreams on it. So every single day I'm reviewing my dreams and goals uh, and visualizing myself having that. And then I do my workout in the morning. Uh, typically I do a minimum 28 minute workout. Uh, right now we're doing a thing in our, for our coaching members called push 31 challenge. So we do 30, I do doing 31 minutes a day instead of 28. Don't add, I, I can't explain my 28 minute. There's a reason <laughs> for 28 minutes. Um, the short answer of why 28 minutes is 2% of your day. So for the person that says, I don't have time to work out. Can you squeeze 2% of your day to fuel your body? Mm. So anyway, yeah. so I do that. And then once I've done that, I am wired, fired, inspired, and never tired. <laughs> um, my morning, I do not ever eat anything that disempowers me. So I have a very, my protocol every morning is I have a vegan protein shake mm. that is, fuels my body, extremely healthy. And, um, then I will eat some nuts and some cacao chocolate about mid morning. If I need to, like right before this thing, cause we're doing this in the morning, right before this, I'd had my, my macadamia nuts and so that's, so I just fuel my body. My body is my tool. It's my vehicle. So I want to fire it up both internally and externally so that I'm ready to rock and roll uh, through the day. And then I shower, shave, get dressed up every single day. And that's my morning ritual. Love Bang. that. Yeah, man. Did I mention journaling? Yeah, yes. you mentioned it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, I love I have a that. very clear journaling protocol. Yeah. Well, knowing what you know now, what would you go back and tell younger Kevin? What advice would you give that high school age kid? Fight for your dreams. Love that. Don't ever give up your dream. It's mm. more important. 
your dream is more important than anything else. You know, I look back at um, my basket, my dream to play basketball. When I quit basketball because my of, of a coach that did not, we did not, I did not resonate well with, well with. I remember my dad saying, there's bub, there's more to life than basketball. And looking back, and he was just trying to let me know basketball was not everything, yep. but it wasn't about basketball. It was about my dream. Mm. And what I took out of that was your dream is not worth fighting for. And so when, if I could say one thing to every human being is your dreams are worth fighting for. Don't let anybody ever disrespect or talk you out of your dreams. That is powerful. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. I think someone listening needed to hear that. Thank you, Kevin, for opening up and sharing your story with us. Uh, before we close out, though, let people know how they can connect with you, how they can check out Yes Masters and what you've got going on. Yesmasters.com. You go to yesmasters.com. That's our website. Uh, if you want a copy of the book of Yes, you can go to thebookofyes.com, get a free copy. Just pay shipping and handling. We'll send you a free copy of that. Uh, they can find me on YouTube, Kevin Ward now. I just, I'm, I'm easy to find on YouTube. Facebook, Kevin Ward. I'm not hard to find there. Instagram, Kevin. It's Kevin Ward everywhere. Kevin Ward <laughs> yeah, now. Shameless. If they want the actual. Thing. Shameless plug for Kevin. His YouTube videos are amazing. So I, I get a yeah. lot of inspiration and education from your videos, man. So I appreciate you putting. That's so out. awesome, man. It's so cool because you know this is our first time to meet. Yep. And it's like you still you, you never know. Nobody knows when you are giving your best. You never know who you're impacting. Yep. That's a hundred percent. I'm really. Uh, yeah, Luke, I'm really, you know, kind of gratified and, and grateful and honored to hear you say that. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Kevin, for coming on. And thank you so much for listening. To dive deeper into this episode, get those links that we mentioned and to check out the video to see all of the cool props that Kevin showed off. He brought the pop props. Go check out the video. You the can get sword that. is amazing. You can get that. <laughs> it actually was a really cool looking sword. Staypaidpodcast.com. You can get that there. You can get all of our episodes there as well. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, we mentioned at the top of the show, but head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and drop a comment and also share this with a friend. Share this specific episode with someone you know that needs to hear that. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acree, and it feels like, man, we just got started know, on this episode. I feel like I could, I could keep going. Yeah, It's like a, a treasure chest or whatever of knowledge. But here's the action item for you because we want to close every podcast with an action item that you will implement. The action item is this, man. You got to get your mind right. You got to go pro. And I would challenge all of you you don't want to be amateur. No one really wakes up to say, I just want to be amateur today. I want to be mediocre. No one really wants to say that. You want to go pro, but to go pro, you got to actually put in the work and the training. And my challenge is to all of you, because most of you are salespeople and marketers listening to this, is commit to training every day on your craft, even if it is just 15 minutes or 30 minutes Commit to training on your craft and you'll see the difference that makes when you put in that little effort every single day, but you stay consistent in it. Remember this, the difference between a mediocre producer and a top producer in every single industry that Josh and I have worked in is top producers take action. Take action on that today. <laughs>